That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Crack. Where the mummy had been was a woman with floor-length black hair and a skeletal, green-tinged face. A banshee. She opened her mouth wide, and an unearthly sound filled the room. A long, wailing shriek which made the hair on Harry's head stand on end. Ridiculous! shouted Seamus. The banshee made a rasping noise and clutched her throat. Her voice was gone. Crack! The banshee turned into a rat, which chased its tail in a circle. Then, crack! became a rattlesnake, which slithered and writhed. Before, crack! becoming a single bloody eyeball. It's confused! shouted Lupin. We're getting there! Dean! Dean hurried forward. Crack! The eyeball became a severed hand, which flipped over and began to creep along the floor like a crab. Ridiculous! yelled Dean. There was a snap, and the hand was trapped in a mousetrap. Excellent! Ron, you next! Ron leapt forward. Crack! Quite a few people screamed. A giant spider, six feet tall and covered in hair, was advancing on Ron, clicking its pincers menacingly. For a moment, Harry thought Ron had frozen. Then, ridiculous! bellowed Ron, and the spider's legs vanished. It rolled over and over. Lavender Brown squealed and ran out of its way, and it came to a halt at Harry's feet. He raised his wand, ready, but... Here! shouted Professor Lupin, suddenly hurrying forward. Crack! The legless spider had vanished. For a second, everyone looked wildly around to see where it was. Then they saw a silvery white orb hanging in the air in front of Lupin, who said, ridiculous, almost lazily. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the restricted section, in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 7, The Bogart in the Wardrobe. After Harry, Ron, and Hermione's first day of school, the other two notable classes in their first week back are double potions with the Slytherins and defense against the dark arts. Their first potions class of term is terrible. Malfoy comes back from the hospital wing with his arm in a sling and he's being very dramatic about it. And Harry and Ron have to do all his work for him. And he's like pestering them the whole time. Neville fucks up his potion and Professor Snape is like, well, you better fix it because we're going to fucking feed it to your toad. Which is rude. Because even if Neville did his potion, right, I still wouldn't want to use a shrinking solution on my pet. Anyway, Hermione like gives him all the tips. He does a potion right. Trevor's fine. And Snape takes five points from Gryffindor for Hermione <laughs> helping him out. And then after that, they go to defense against the dark arts. And it's fun. Their new teacher, Professor Lupin, takes them to deal with a bogart in the wardrobe in the staff room. Would you like to start it? <laughs> I'm starting it. No, I, I always gotta, like, muster my strength. Okay. Welcome to the restricted section. I'm your new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, Professor Christina. <laughs> I, like, I, I could never be, permit anyone to call me by my last name. This is the restricted section. Hey, gang. Hey. Grace, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Professor Christina. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't like it. I take it back. I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm like a cool teacher. My students call me by my first name. Yeah. Actually, they don't even say professor. They just call you Christina. Can I call you Christina from now on, please? Thank you. 
You can call me Miss Tina. <laughs> I feel like that's what Harry would be like. He walks in to teach the first class and he's like, hey, guys, I'm Professor Potter, but you guys can call me Harry. And everyone's like, it's the boy who lived. We know who you are. She's like, I'm Harry, just Harry. And then he he sit, he turns he turns the chair backwards and sits in it. Oh yeah, you know, with the, yeah backwards and faces everyone and is like, put your books away. We're not going to talk about that today. Let's get to know each other. He's going to Robin Williams it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Mary Clay, how are you doing today? I'm struggling. Thanks for asking. I feel like, so I, I truthfully can't remember the last time I was on an episode, but it feels like it's been 20 years. Yeah. Like, uh, just so much, so much has happened. Just yeah. a lot, like a lot has happened in the world. And then also to me personally, I feel like I've aged uh, a million years. Well, but I'm ex- that makes me so- <laughs> that makes me sound so like upset to be here. We're all, we're all tired. I am actually very excited to be here to talk about Harry Potter, to talk about this great chapter. So I am looking forward to this conversation, despite my very tired demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys hear my cat throwing a total temper tantrum? <laughs> Just a little bit. In in the middle of Mary Clay's ten- temper tantrum, I was also hearing <laughs> temper tantrum. <laughs> A hissy fit, if you will. <laughs> That's not a cat word, but it... Oh, yeah, because they hiss. It is a cat word. I was yeah. like, pussy, I'm getting confused. A pussy fit? <laughs> a pussy cat. <laughs> pussy foot. Pussy foot. <laughs> yeah, a hissy fit and stop pussy footing around mm-hmm. are the mm-hmm. phrases. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That reminds like, uh, one time um, we were decorating the, the float in high school for, like, our homecoming parade, and we finish it, and my friend looks at me and goes, guys, I think we've got the cat in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, what? Mm-hmm. And we were like, the cat, nice it's in the bag. And we're like, what do you mean? And she's like, we're going to win. And we're like, oh, you mean, you mean we've got it in the bag? And she's like, no, there's a saying about a cat in a bag. We're like, no, that's... You let the cat out of the bag is when you spill a secret. <laughs> I love mixed metaphors. I love, we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. That's my favorite. It's so that good. Is, that's <laughs> my favorite. And I'm really excited that our buddy Jason Hilton is joining us for a third chapter Woo-hoo. in just as many books. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having Woo, me back. Air horn, air horn. How are you doing? Uh, you know, uh, uh, feeling is a relative word, but um, should I stop asking people that? Is that <laughs> maybe, question? yeah, should I come up with like a more fun maybe question? wait until we've like all been vaccinated to ask that question. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say wait until the end of the episode when everyone's all cheerful from friendship and discourse. I'll try again then. Yeah, <laughs> just stop asking us how we're it's, feeling. It's pretty sad though if, if someone said they weren't doing okay at that point. <laughs> like, we- well, I guess it depends what we're reading. That's true. Mm-hmm. So one day we're gonna have to cover a chapter no. that ends no. with. D- oh, hi Dante. Hi Dante. He can't hear us. Put the headphones on him so he can listen. Put the headphones on him. <laughs> He's like in a crevasse trying to like make his Dante. way to God's thumb. Give up. Uh, Give up. <laughs> I really wish I wasn't allergic to cats. I would like cats. I'm so sorry. All right. Well, before we get started today, just a little bit of business. I want to start with a shout out to one of our patrons. You can get a show shout out by signing up for our Patreon. I know 
that we've mentioned our friend Charlie before on this podcast, but I don't think I've given them an official patron shout out. So Charlie, here it is, your official patron shout out. Thank you so much for being a patron. We love you. We love you, Charlie. Yes, Charlie is awesome. Can confirm. Um, I hope that's how you pronounce Charlie. I'm really embarrassed because last week I pronounced another friend's name wrong. <laughs> it's Charlie. <laughs> no! <laughs> Charlie bit me and it's still hurting. Have you ever seen the parody of that video by the Hemsworth brothers? No! no. Yes. It's really <laughs> funny. I'll it in the show notes. It's very, it's a, like a dramatic reenactment and it is like a five minute video. It's like a two minute video and it's a star-studded cat. <laughs> oh. I will send that along. Um, I'm gonna have to end this. Uh, I can no longer uh, do this episode. I have to go do something right now. Okay, bye. <laughs> I have to go watch this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, last week I pronounced our friend's name wrong, and it's I'm so sorry, Mots. Okay, I oh, learned it now. I alma- you know what? I almost warned you. Yeah. No, don't worry. Like, it's been, re- my error has been reported to me by several people. No, I almost texted you beforehand and said, like, oh, hey, if you ever mention Mots on, on the podcast, because mm-hmm. it's spelled, he spells Mott's his name M-A-T-S, mm-hmm. and... For the lo- for like several months on one of the W on several of the WB and E shows, we all just called him Mats. This was Ugh. several months, so and then finally, like finally he messaged uh, or you know mentioned it in Discord somewhere that his name is pronounced Mats, and we were all like, <laughs> "Americans, our God, we're like, why didn't you say something earlier? Because he's just too nice." So, sorry about that, bud. I called Haley Catherine for a long time. Really? Yeah. Did you really? How'd you get away with that? Yeah. That's her official first name. Oh. It's her official first name. When she started her internship, that's, I mean, that was, that was that's her, her name. name. Oh. That's just <laughs> your name. And so she didn't say anything for a while. It took me until just now to figure out who you were talking about. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking before we were recording about how I just found out that Sir Ian McKellen is gay in the year 2021. So, so, so I'm, you know what? I'm behind on the times on a lot of things. I'm slow. You're catching up. You're catching um, up. I'm so excited. Anyway, I'm so excited to be here talking about Sorcerer's Stone Chapter <laughs> 8. Just to wrap up this conversation, I just want to remind everyone that for a decade, we all were pronouncing it Hermoin because we just couldn't really get it down. And names is hard. And we're all just doing our best. And <laughs> we love you, Mott. And the end. <laughs> all right, let's get to it. This is chapter seven, the Bogart in the wardrobe. Classic. Oh, I love it so much. This is just like such a vibe. Yeah. And the chapter starts out a little tough, but it gets like pretty good by the end. Harry's being a little dramatic, but like it's a fun one. Harry's being a little dramatic. Well, he's not the only one being a little dramatic. Uh, okay, well, so it starts with Malfoy. <laughs> it's actually the first word in the oh, chapter. Malfoy, Malfoy! Why are you so obsessed with me? Um, so Malfoy comes back to class. He's been wounded. So he's been in the hospital wing all week, and he comes back to class late Thursday morning when the Slytherins and the Gryffindors are halfway through double potions. Okay, did he strategically plan this exit from the hospital wing? To be, like, as dramatic as possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know he did. He's he walked like, around the halls in. for a while until classes had already started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Malfoy is milking the injury and he's being dramatic about it. He's like waking up Pansy Parkinson. He's like getting Snape to make Harry and Ron do all his like stuff for him. Like his potion stuff. Potions making. Yeah. And like Ron had cut up his little whatever he was cutting. Daisy Roots. Daisy Roots. He was doing them so perfectly. And then Snape freaking Snape. Made him swap with Malfoy after freaking, like, Ron didn't do a good job on Malfoy's. But why would mm-hmm. he ever have done a good job on Malfoy's? The injustice is terrible. The bloody favoritism. Well, and I just, like, love imagining Ron doing something, like, delicately and Me meticulously. Too. He, like, really, that's not his vibe. And I'm, he probably was like, I'm going to really get it right this time. Yeah, and then, you know, he, that's what he gets. And he's yeah. completely discouraged and he never tries again. Yeah, he basically never tries again. That's when he gave up on potions. He's like, I tried once. I tried that one time in our third year, and and that was it. That was it for me. teaching moment, Snape. Ron, I think out of all the three of them, would be best at maybe, like, cooking. Because, like, I don't know, cutting cutting an onion into, like, uniform pieces is pretty hard. So, maybe, Mm -hmm. I mean, out of all of them, he would be the one... I mean, this is not to make fun of Rupert Grint of how he looked when he got older, but he looks like the guy who would enjoy eating the most. <laughs> Man, one of the most important things I ever learned to do is cut an onion, right? I still haven't learned how to um, do it. Yeah, I have never. Yeah, learn. I've never cut an onion in my life because I Oof. will just always buy frozen bags of, of chopped onion for the rest <laughs> really? of my Ew. life. Thank Wait, you. Wait, I didn't even goodbye. know you could do that. Yeah, did I. Yeah, they have that. Sure yeah, can. they sell because. Well, the other thing is that as as a single person, um, I cook for one a lot, and She's one single person. If I buy an onion. Like, a lot of times, the recipe doesn't necessarily call for a whole... Maybe it does. I don't know. Point being is that, like, it's very <laughs> rare that, like, if I were to cut a whole onion, that I would use the whole thing in a recipe and that I'm just using a little bit. So, I... Yeah, frozen vegetables are where it's at, folks. Okay. I think my thing is that no matter how much onion it says, it's always, like, one full onion or, like, maybe even if I'm being dramatic, two full onions. <laughs> All the onions. Yeah. I just like onions. That's when I go to Google and I'm like, how much is one large, because it'll be like, the recipe will say, one large onion chopped. And I'm like, okay, Google, what is one large onion chopped in cups? It's probably one cup, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, then it'll say, one you know, to one, one and cup. a half. I'm like, get, great, get perfect. Get you a fatty onion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I have a question that you might have addressed in the previous chapter when Malfoy gets his injury. Mm-hmm. In the movie, we have Hermione say, like, he has to be taken to the hospital wing immediately. Mm-hmm. So his scratch is actually dangerous. But is it actually dangerous in the book? Or is this just Malfoy being dramatic? So definitely Malfoy got hurt because yeah. Harry sees the wound and he describes it as like a deep gash or something. Yeah. And there's like blood yeah. dripping. In the movie, <laughs> yeah. in the movie his, his clothes just get ripped and you don't really see anything. And he, like, falls down and he's being, like, very dramatic. Probably because it's a PG-13, mm-hmm. and that would be a very, very, very gushy kind of wound. Like, deep lacerations from a hippogriff. Yeah, yeah but definitely Madame Pomfrey could fix it, like, immediately. Yeah, yeah, I think the answer to that is both. Yeah, he's acting as if he, like, broke a bone or something. Okay, okay. He awesome. Can, he can Great. still yeah. cut his fucking roots, like, either way. Yeah, yeah I Fine enough agree. to do that for sure. Yeah. So Malfoy's basically just sitting there relaxing and taunting them the whole class. I imagine him with like his shoes up on the table, just like straight chilling. <laughs> um, he, he asks about Hagrid. He implies that his dad, my father, 
We'll make sure Hagrid gets fired. What is what is Dra- what has Draco ever had against Hagrid? Oh, he's, he's poor. Racist. It's just racism. <laughs> it's racism. Classism. Okay. Racism. Yeah, okay, he does live in a hut. Yeah. He calls him an oaf. Which, like, okay, like I don't like the Malfoys. I'm I'm not rooting for them, but they're not wrong. He's not wrong. Hagrid may- maybe shouldn't be teaching. Yeah. It's not incorrect, but Give him a chance. Yeah. Come on. Like uh- I think it's interesting here because we have two first-time teachers and one of them really, really nails it and the other one <laughs> doesn't quite nail it as much. Poor Hagrid. Oh. Yeah. Maybe not Hippogriff on the first day. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But the problem is that it was Malfoy's fault, wasn't it? it was. That he he it was, was, you know... He didn't listen to the instructions. Yeah. I think that as a teacher, it'd just be like, I'm assume all my kids are dumb. Yes. Right? Because like at least some of them are dumb. That's just that's just math. It breaks my heart in the movie when Hagrid's going like, How am I doing my first day? And he's he's so <laughs> he's so happy. And Harry goes, very good. He's like, Great, brilliant. He's so happy professor. that things are going well for him for once and then just everything gets fucked up. Hey that, that part in the movie oh, always hurts me. Okay, but this isn't that's not what I'm talking about. about. I, I was about to like get into that chapter again and I was like, wait, deja vu. Malfoy even like admits to faking the seriousness of his injury, partly to get Hagrid fired. That's very infuriating. The injustice here, it's like I can't handle it. And it gets worse. Yeah. Next, Neville. He's not oh. okay. <laughs> He is really, really not okay. <laughs> I always enjoy reading these chapters because I know the book, the movies way, way more than the books, and the books leave out a lot of Snape being an asshole. The, the, movies, the movies, movies leave out, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of small ways that he's an asshole every day. Be an asshole every day, you know. It's like a practice, and and that's how you have all of these people who are like Snape's just misunderstood, yeah. and uh, and like oh, uh, but uh, he uh, but he was good in the end, and it's like no, he that doesn't that doesn't excuse. It might explain his actions, but it yeah, doesn't excuse what he did, what he does. Yeah. So speaking of Snape's actions. Neville is really struggling. He could probably use some guidance and some reassurance. And instead, Snape is like, you are a fuck up and you better get it, get your shit together. Or I'm going to kill your toad. Or I'm going to kill your toad. He's like, we're going to feed this potion to your toad no matter what. So you better hope it doesn't kill it. Do you think Snape would have let Trevor die? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was his intention. 100%. He w- that was his hope. That's like right on the cusp. I think of like how much a teacher can be a dick to a kid without getting in trouble for it, even at Hogwarts. You know, like I think yeah. I think that that's like the boundary. And Snape would have walked right yeah. up to it. I think so too. <laughs> Just like a fun note, my friend Adrian named her Roomba Trevor. Oh. <laughs> So, so she's like, Trevor's just cleaning while I'm chilling here with some wine on the couch. That's a bit. I saw a TikTok today of a of a guy who walked into his own apartment building, and there was just a Roomba in the hallway, and he was like, he was My like, cat got out. it got out. Should I check its collar? Like, <laughs> whose Roomba is this? All my friends have Roombas, and it makes me jealous. Um, Do you guys have Roombas? I definitely no. Don't. I want one though. My mom got one for Christmas. This was an instance of, like, she actually asked for this as opposed to, like, my dad giving, you know, stereotypical, like, man giving a woman, like, a blender or whatever. She wanted a Roomba, and a lot of our entertainment Christmas morning was watching the Roomba go around the house. <laughs> it's, I get that. It's, it's very entertaining, and we would we were literally <laughs> just, like, following it around from room to room. We're like, oh my god, she's in the dining room now. <laughs> It's like a puppy. You're like, oh, what's she doing? They they named it Rosie, 
which I believe is the name of the may of the robot made in the Jetsons. Jetsons. Oh yeah, yeah. That's cute. So they that's named it Rosie, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, Rosie's in the dining room now." <laughs> Wait, does she clean good? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it, it's really amazing. I mean, you have to empty it every time, but actually, Christina, it would probably be really good for you since you have cats, because yeah. it'll get up all that hair. Cats, on cats, like a more cats, 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 cats. regular basis then you would probably like want to be vacuuming so I've, this is yeah. a super fun conversation i vacuum literally at least once a week i hate vacuuming and it's, it's just like so much cat hair oh my god i hate vacuuming okay you know where vacuums vacuums and roombas don't work <laughs> hogwarts <laughs> clutch that was a clutch transition thank you Seamus is like gossiping. He's like, did you guys hear? I don't, I can't even tell you're fighting right now because I can't read the room. Did you guys hear that that Sirius Black has been spotted near here? And like everyone else who's receiving this information is like a lot more alarmed than he like knows. And like, why, why is he excited? Because he just thinks it's like cool, juicy news. You know okay, what I so mean? Okay, so he has no context really. I yeah, Seamus is like, he's not coming for me. I'm just yeah. Seamus fucking Finnegan. <laughs> like, this is kind of cool. He's just passing the information along to the person that he's after, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So then Malfoy starts talking shit about Sirius Black. He aggressively implies that he knows some reason Harry might want to go after oh. him. Malfoy's doing a lot of like heavily implying shit in this chapter. This this makes me really mad because I I see how he knows what Harry doesn't know yet because he would have had that information told to him from Lucius, who is a mm-hmm. Death Eater. Which like but by, by the way, like once you get down to it, Lucius or one of the Malfoys easily could have said, like, oh, Sirius Black wasn't a Death Eater. He was never in with our group. Like he was never a Death Eater. You know, that could have solved yeah. it, but no, they're selfish selfish bitches, so what does it matter? Anyway, the idea that Draco knows more about Sirius Black, who we, you know, later learn is Harry's godfather. <sighs> it's okay, I'll rein in my emotions. Um, it was that <laughs> before when I find him, I, I'm gonna kill I him. Can't <laughs> wait to get I'm already declaring that I will be on for the Prisoner of Azkaban movie episode. Yeah, you did request that when we did the Chamber of Secrets movie episode. (laughs) The amount of times that my friends in high school and I would just randomly go, he was that friend! (laughs) We're getting my friend who works for Rotten Tomatoes on that one. Oh, very cool, very cool. Anyway, okay, point being is that it makes me furious that Draco knows more about the serious black situation than Harry does. That makes me mad, too, and it actually reminds me of something we were talking about a couple episodes ago about Professor Trelawney and about how she doesn't know that she is, like, really psychic and has has her prophecies. Like, only Dumbledore or, or whoever knows about those, and, like, she doesn't get to know, and that's, like, mm-hmm. such a tragedy. I do, I do yeah. hate when people, like, don't get to know things about themselves. <laughs> Which is kind of Harry's entire plotline. It's just slowly figuring Harry. things out. Yeah. Yeah. All trying to figure out yourself while also doing potion potion classes. I'm a what? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, each year there's a new revelation. Year one, I'm a what? <laughs> year two, he's a parcel mouth. Year three, mm-hmm. he Sirius Black is his godfather. Year mm-hmm. four, he's... I don't know. Harry Potter. <laughs> year five, he he's the boy who... He's the chosen one, yeah. I guess all of these books are, like, mysteries, you know? I never really, like, thought about it that way, but, like, they're all mysteries. 
That's I think we cool. I think we talked a little bit about that in some Chamber of Secrets. I feel like I have memories of us talking about that during Chamber of Secrets, at least. That like it, it feels together. very much like a mystery. We had to talk something yeah. about the first chapter. <laughs> yeah, true. Man, I wrote down the quote, "Don't you know, Potter?" Because it's just like so fucking annoying. And then Snape interrupts them, and it's like clean up time, clean up, clean up, everybody, everyone. This is the point in the Great British Bake Off where everyone has put their cakes into the <laughs> oven, like yeah. during a technical challenge. That's always so agonizing, and they're just like they just sit there and, and like staring and watch and, like, it, yeah, fanning themselves, and they're like, "Why well, always bake the last on the hottest day?" <laughs> and then they're literally. Like, oh, my God, my oven hasn't been on this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I need Great British Bake Off back in my life. I love that. Us, the omnipotent viewer, is just looking at them going like, you idiots, of course. <laughs> me who who can't chop an onion is like <laughs> true how long do you prove cookies for cookie dough for i can't believe you proved <laughs> that for three hours it was only supposed to be one hour you put too much air in it and now it's never going to be dense enough to hold up that lemon drizzle you put too much air in this <laughs> the worst thing is when paul hollywood says it's, it's a shame really <laughs> there's no depth of flavor it's always australian I the most annoying thing ever is when they're like they're like you know five more minutes and it would have been fine and it's like well then stop giving them like 30 minutes to make five dozen loaves of bread i have no idea how they do anything in the time that they give Mm-mm. them it's insane the only one i understand is when they do cookies and i'm like i could do a cookie yeah a dope, yeah a dope that's cookie fine. in an hour if i had the funniest to. is when they're going around and talking to the contestants uh beforehand and they're saying like oh yeah i'm gonna do this 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 i've practiced it at home and it came out really well and they're like oh have you done it in the time and they're like ha, no uh-huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway okay yeah, but this is not great british so bake-off this is great british potions show <laughs> so snape does test neville's potion on trevor and it only works because hermione's been like whispering instructions to neville for how to fix it which go hermione that's like a trouble that's like a good skill yeah. To be able yeah, to, to like, turn the potion around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is how we're going to fix it. That, yeah, that requires a She's deeper level advanced. of understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, really, sh- there should be five points to Gryffindor, but Snape is abusive. And even though the potion works, he still takes five points from Gryffindor. So, technically, this is not a shrinking potion. This is a de-aging potion. Yeah, right? Because it it turns the toad into a tadpole. If it was a shrinking solution, it would turn the toad into a smaller toad. Into a little toad. Yeah. Which I think is way cuter. (laughs) Just a little tiny toad. Um, This was what I was talking about earlier because like, you know, you guys like to shit on Drew for for defending Snape too much, but because I haven't read the books and I've read the mo- and I've read the movies, I've watched the movies. Snape is like less of an asshole in the movies, therefore he's a little more sympathetic. But going into the books, I'm definitely seeing where you guys are coming from because he's sadistic for literally no reason. And Neville's not even Harry Potter. Like I get that he hates Harry, but why pick on Neville? I know. Yeah, I. Really, to me, movie Snape is, like, a Mr. Darcy situation. Like, antisocial and, like, very awkward when you talk to him. Like, never says the right thing. But, like, book Snape, yeah, is is a really bad Do you think guy. they invite Snape to, like, Wizard Happy Hour or... No. No? 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> so do we think do we think the faculty? Okay, all right, let's talk about this. So do oh, we think God. the faculty have like they have their group chats and then there's one group chat without Snape where they all just make fun of Snape or just talk about what an asshole he is and then they're like Ha ha ha, fuck that. All right, let's all go to the, um, the, what's it called? Not the Green Dragon. That's the wrong franchise. <laughs> the, the thing. What is it? The it Hogsmeade. Hogshead. The Green Dragon. Yeah, there's Hogshead. The but three there's broomsticks. The three the broomsticks. Three broomsticks. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. The okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, wait, what was I going to say? <laughs> I don't even remember. Oh, Gee, no. we can just ignore whatever I just said. Wait, wait, wait. No, I had something to say. Okay, no, I think that there is a group chat. I also think there's probably a Dumbledore McGonagall Snape group chat, and then, like, McGonagall does, like, a lot of side texting Dumbledore. Right. Like, I don't want Severus. I can imagine little, like, <laughs> to be little birds of, of paper just, like, kind of fluttering over to Dumbledore, and then and you open them, there's a little note saying, like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, don't they do that at the Ministry of Magic? There's, like, paper... Yeah, memos. Oh, maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Planes, that's what I was thinking. I'm not birds. That would have been yeah. so cute in Hogwarts, just for, like, the aesthetic, you know? Yeah, I yeah. used to make paper planes all the time. Draco does that in, in this movie. Actually, no, it's actually in a later scene, but he does that. He, he sends the note to Harry, and he, like... I was gonna say, I remember, because his arm's definitely in a sl- sling in that. Oh, my God, and it's, like, flirting! <laughs> but, like, yeah. for whatever reason, Draco is i don't know super skilled in charms for this like doodle of of a quaffle hitting harry in the head like (laughs) see that's the thing is they spend time to make those little things happen but you can't spend one fucking second on Ginny's character development i'm (laughs) angry honestly the injustice the injustice so they all leave potions and they walk up to the great hall for a moment they can't find hermione yes Mm -hmm. Yes. Where did she go? Where'd she go? Haley <gasps> mentioned in a recent episode that she wants to be very alert for times when Hermione has been skipping out, and this is like a really obvious one. This is one that's so oh, yeah. obvious that Ron and Harry. Do we noticed. need like a, a sound effect for Haley? Like Haley, pay attention. <laughs> this Haley, is it. Christina, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Haley passed her last test. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, they, like, look back, and she... So I think that she, like, ran up the stairs with them, and then, like, when they turn around, she's, like, at the bottom of the stairs again. Yeah, it just makes no sense. It's like a glitch in the Matrix. It's like, huh, weird. And they notice, so it was a bad one, because they're stupid. (laughs) That's what I was thinking about, is that Hermione depended entirely on her two best friends just being stupid, and too stupid to catch on to what was happening. Yeah, I think if her two best friends were Lavender and Parvati, they would have been more perceptive. Yeah, because she yeah. she has all these books, and they're like, Hermione, we're, we don't even have any of these classes today. Like, why do you have these books? And she's like, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, hey, what's that over there? She really fumbles this whole scene. I feel like she really stayed up late or, like, maybe used the time turner last night to study or something. I don't know. She's she exhausted. Seems- she, says <laughs> she's she's, exhausted. She's, she says she's excited for lunch because she's starving. Like, are you okay, girl? <laughs> yeah, the morning's taken forever. Yeah, because to her, it's, like, 3 p.m. Exactly. Yeah, she's, like, muttering some kind of response, and her bag opens, and it says she's carrying at least a dozen textbooks. Can that possibly be right? Because they w- use those stupid messenger bags. It's not even, like, a proper backpack. She needs to leviosa that shit, and, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she does not need to be carrying all Get that. Get a rolling backpack? Oh, my God. That's, like, such <laughs> trauma for me, Mary Clay. <laughs> 
Neville would one hundred percent have a rolling backpack, right? You can't yeah. be trusted with a with a strap. Come on. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, I was quite a small child, and I was in the car circle. And the person, like who was whoever was in charge of the car circle, she opened the door. And I literally fell out of the car because my backpack was so heavy. And I'm like on the ground like a turtle. Like, I can't get, I fall and I can't get up. And so then after that, my mom got me a rolly backpack. And I was like so embarrassed because it was a result of like this situation where I fell out of the car. It is terrible. In middle school, I was advised by a doctor that I should get a rolling backpack because of my scoliosis. And I ignored that and continued wearing a regular backpack. Oh my God. I begged my mom for one of those rolling backpacks, but she said, no. I wanted one because they seemed easier. Well, they were, but it was, it was embarrassing. Everyone in my school had them. So weird. That's what I don't get is like a rolling backpack. A hundred percent sounds like, makes your life so much easier that sounds amazing but it's just the cultural context of rolling backpacks that makes it unbearable like you're like in a hall with a bunch of kids and people be like kicking your backpack it's basically a suitcase so it just looks kind of it looks like you're at the airport in hindsight i'm glad my mom didn't do it but (laughs) that would have been that kid Just this eight-year-old walking through the hallway looking like a businessman on his way to Hong Kong for a meeting about the markets. (laughs) You know, markets. (laughs) It's just that to me, the appeal of a backpack is that it goes on your back and you don't have to fucking worry about it. Some of us have scoliosis, Christina. (laughs) Some of us have childhood scoliosis. just like a, it's just like why would you <laughs> okay okay well including like when i travel i only ever take backpacks and my purse is almost always a backpack because i will leave my purse places if it's not literally attached to me like a spider monkey oh. anyway hermione's well, struggling hermione with these books definitely has a messenger bag yeah wheelie backpacks are too high tech for hogwarts maybe they just haven't learned any because if i was her i would use a charm to like shrink that they just learned a shrinking solution shrink your textbooks and fit them all in this bag and then when you get to the class that you need them for unshrink it you know then the the creature Mm -hmm. textbook would just turn into a like a little puppy (laughs) oh Text <gasps> it would you be could a, put it in like yeah. a hermit crab. Yeah, all box. the other ones would just turn into trees, but Oh it would de yeah, because if we're going by the the <laughs> mechanics so of this stupid. shrinking solution. But it was also a potion, so would you like how would it She keeps it in back? a vial and does a little drop. Oh you just have to like pour, pour it. it. Mm. Yeah. Suppository. But I mean, surely there's also a charm that yeah, you can sure shrink because they because they do um they have Engorgio, which yes. we all know what what those Hogwarts boys are using <laughs> Engorgio for. <laughs> Gross. Are you telling me that none of these boys in Hogwarts ever that they use Engorgio? We definitely have made this joke before because I vividly remember looking up that clip from 10 Things I Hate About You, where the guidance counselor is writing her erotic novel and she's talking about someone's like engorged mm-hmm. member or whatever. She's like muttering to herself. <laughs> Reginald. Who's the, what's the nurse's name again? Madame Pomfrey. Pomfrey. I'm sure she's had a lot of stories of dumb teenagers trying to do that. Yeah. I've had to shrink so many penises. I probably would have tried it on my boobs when I was a kid. Oh, there's like an episode of Rick and Morty about that where there was like a gigantifying, Uh, right? And the the poor teenage girl is like, let me put my titties in there. And then she accidentally turns herself into like a gigantic monster. And she like runs away into the woods and stuff, (laughs) etc. It happens. 
So Ron's like, do you get the feeling Hermione's not telling us something? And that's like the end of the section. And it's like, yes, I do like really get that. But again, this time. Hermione is just really counting on and she's accurate given how long this whole shtick goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just counting on them never like really not following up or catching on or connecting the dots. It hasn't even like ever occurred to him that time travel is even possible right now. Yeah. 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 And we see that a lot. I mean, the thing with Harry is he's like, okay, he learned that magic exists and he's a wizard, but like everything beyond he's that still is a like really born, essentially. him. Like when he saw the ghost for the first time, shocker, right? Like the carriageless, no, horseless carriages, like shocker. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're getting a little bit of our head of, ahead of ourselves here, but I've, the, 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 the time travel thing has always bugged me because how do you regulate that? in a wizarding world you why does it why is it you don't a, and that's why jk rowling destroyed them in yeah in order of the phoenix oh. when they're in the ministry there's a, a sentence where like the shelves of time turners got destroyed and she i think has gone on record and said that i did that because i didn't want to have to deal with the consequences of time mm-hmm. travel anymore <laughs> And there's that one Death Eater things that I wish had been in the movies who gets his head trapped in uh, the bell like a jar. turner. Yeah, the bell jar. And he gets a baby head and then he's walking around man body. Oh, yeah, head, and it's just And gross. I wish that had been in the movies. That movie was rated PG-13 already. Give us man man body baby head. The the time travel does, like, it, it leads to a lot of complications, especially for her like, mind. Right like, I didn't think about, I didn't, someone mentioned earlier that, like, oh, for her, technically it's three o'clock because she's experienced you know this morning already so she's hungry for lunch even though it's noon or or whatever and you also technically by the end of this year Hermione is older than everyone else because she's experienced at least I mean let's say they have six hours of classes every day she's experiencing 12 hours so yeah, it's a long day. That's, that's she's pull, pulling a double at school. But it's not like it's not like she ages double the amount because she's still there's still like meals and like time in the common room and sleeping and stuff that she does mm-hmm. at night that doesn't account for that. So like that's what I'm saying. It's that like it, it leads to a lot of complications that I'm sure will will come up at like the end in the yeah. chapter where they're going back and and fixing everything. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, after lunch, yeah, because Hermione's like, oh, don't even remember really after lunch. After lunch, they go to their first Defense Against the Dark Arts class. Man, the rest of the chapter is, like, a lesson at school, and, like, damn, I was engaged. Yes. Yeah. I love like, it. What an, it's also a really short lesson. Class. They're in class for, like, 20 minutes, yeah. and then Lupin's That's like, great. okay, that was good, bye. He's like, I'm gonna be the cool teacher, dude. I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna show him something awesome. I'm gonna pack an hour's worth of learning into 20 minutes, and I'm gonna let him go early because they crushed it. Also, because Harry kind of ruined the fun for everybody. But yeah, um, I don't think Harry. Did. <laughs> okay, we'll get okay, there. Well, let's get there. Let's get yeah. there. So Lupin tells the class to put away their books and take out their wands for a practical class. They're gonna go do some shit, and they're like. Oh no, the only time this has ever happened before is when Lockhart said those pixies <laughs> on us. I know I joked earlier about how Harry would waltz in as the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher and spin the chair around and be like, hey guys, call me Harry. But like, this is, <laughs> Lupin is very much doing that, like, books, we don't need those. Put those away. <laughs> Take out your wands. We're going to, we're going to a different classroom, which like, I remember in school, 
it was it was just like so cool and fun when your teacher would be like we're gonna go outside and do something or like oh we're gonna go to the chemistry lab down the hall for this lesson and it's like ooh, what's happening it was like that day in gym where they like bring out the giant did you guys like do that did you the parachute the parachute yeah yeah the parachute and ours also had like these little scooters that were like these single person yes. like yeah the you mean the things? death yeah. traps that you would get oh your God, fingers stuck those. under <laughs> it's amazing what they trusted us with back then <laughs> <laughs> they leave the classroom all together they're walking in a gang they run into peeves in the hallway and he's sticking gum into a keyhole and then peeves starts talking shit to lupin and calls him loony lupin which, okay, so this is something that people call Luna Lovegood later, right? Like Looney Luna, and it's like, it's just because she's a little spacey. But I wonder if Lupin gets a little extra sensitive because it's like a moon reference. Yeah, I mean, oh. I took it as a moon reference. Yeah, I did too. But yeah. Peeves, like, couldn't know that. Or at least, like, J.K. Rowling using this as an opportunity for, like, fun foreshadowing. Like a pun. Peeves, like, could know he that, could actually. Know that. Yeah, yeah, he, like, definitely... He definitely could have been there. I don't know. I feel like Peeves wouldn't keep that a secret, though. But maybe he would. Like, I don't know. What, just for Peeves chaos reasons? Such, yeah. yeah, Peeves <laughs> is such for a... Sure. He's like, yeah, I'm going to let a werewolf go crazy. And <laughs> oh, yeah. He's going to kill okay. me. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's he not going to bite me. <laughs> yeah, I I like that, that Peeves just, just like... Or maybe Dumbledore had a talk with him and Peeves respects Dumbledore. You know? Yeah. Do we think Peeves respects Dumbledore? No. Who does who uh, doesn't respect yeah. Dumbledore? So Lupin performs the spell Wadi Wasi. I have Wait, questions. I meant to look this up. Yeah, <laughs> hold on. I meant, I meant to okay. look this up. Christina, look that up. I have questions about this spell because it's so specific. So is the because he says to the other students, take note, this is a very useful spell. And he says Wadi Wasi, and it forces the gum out of the keyhole and up peeves nostril so what does this spell is the spell what what is this spell for okay so it literally says um harrypotter.fandom.com says wadiwasi is an incantation of a charm that could be used to propel a small wad of material at high velocity so i can think of like other weird just like childish reasons <laughs> to use it spitballs yeah i was gonna say yeah. i immediately thought of spitballs but it's interesting because the spell Wadiwasi comes from a Swedish word and a French word. And I think that there's probably not a lot of other like Swedish inspired spells hmm. in this yeah, series. Yeah, it's just so like a fun detail. Yeah. But this spell makes the gum fly out of the keyhole and up Peeves' nose with, quote, with the force of a bullet. Sounds terrible. Do they know what a bullet is? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, remember in the newspaper, it's like metal wands that Muggle used to kill each other. That was like their very basic understanding of what a gun is. So, like, do they actually know Harry what a bullet is? Harry knows what a bullet is. <laughs> oh, Harry is the narrator. Okay, I'll yeah, give you Yeah, Harry knows what a bullet is. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Peeves is like, ow, and uh, it zooms away. And then Dean is like, cool, sir. I love and that. Lu- Lupin's <laughs> like, thank you, Dean, and it's the most wholesome thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> Uh, it's so cute lupin's the best cool sir (laughs) he connects with his students in such a way that like i don't think any of the other professors ever have yeah he just um he like makes students give a shit (laughs) and i think so that's the thing that's the thing with the bog art like eventually he gets to book stuff like for homework they have to do book stuff but the bog art is his hook right Mm -hmm. that's like 
For writers, it's like you want your first line to really get them. That's what Haggard was trying to do with the hippogriff. <laughs> it just didn't work. Yeah. yeah. This is a yeah, it's a perfect reflection of that. Actually, you know what? We see we do see two parallels of lesson of practical lessons that have like dangerous consequences, possibly. Mm-hmm. And we see that actually happen with what happens with Malfoy, where Hagrid should have accounted for students being stupid, and he didn't. Yeah. But what happens later in this lesson is we see Lupin jump in to prevent yeah, something steps. from yeah. happening that could go bad. I also think that a Bogart, like, genuinely can't hurt you. Yeah, I don't think it can like, either. No, it seems like some form of, almost like a ghost, but not really. Yeah. So the class follows Lupin into the staff room, which we've been here before in Chamber of Secrets when Ron and Harry were, like, eavesdropping on the teachers in one of the stupidest scenes I've ever read with my own two eyeballs. <laughs> Snape's there, lounging, just trying to lounge in the staff room. The one place. <laughs> He's like, <sighs> And he's like, I'm out. Neville sucks. Uncompletely. The worst. Christina, can I request that you insert John Ralphio singing? The worst. She's the worst person in the world. Huge skank. Terrible. The worst. That was pretty good. I, I quote it all the time. The worst. She's the worst in the world. Yeah, I mean, he's really, really abusive. It's, and it's just like, I feel like him and Lupin are like locking eyes and just like, like so many visions are flashing, like so many memories. Just That's like, the thing that I love about the Harry Potter series is it doesn't like start with Harry, you know, like there's yeah. so much backstory and you yeah, get these really like pieces. present history. Yeah, and I just think it's so cool. Lupin is like, why are you still such a dick? And Snape is like, well, probably why are you still such a dick? Why are you a werewolf, bro? (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Snape's feelings are always so complicated. He's like, I hate you because you're friends with these guys who are assholes to me, but I also know that you're like the only nice one out of all of them. But like, also, I hate you and you also have my job. (laughs) Just so Give me my job. (laughs) Yeah. So Snape's like, Neville sucks. And Lupin's like, well, I was going to ask him to help me. So. (laughs) Fuck you. So then Snape leaves and Lupin directs everyone's attention to the wardrobe and tells them that there's a bog art in there. And it's, it's like shaking and stuff. Um, who loves this scene in the movie? Oh, oh my God. Really it's do. so perfectly done. So it's really fun. So fun. The swing music. Yes. Yeah. For whatever reason, some for, you know, the. The wizarding world is now set in, like, the 1920s with this jazzy swing music. (laughs) Yeah, it's very jazzy. Lupin does a little bit of light lecturing. He asks some questions, and Hermione answers a question, and Harry answers another question. We're talking about Bogarts. Bogarts turn into what people fear the most, and then you have to, like, turn it into something funny with the spell ridiculous, ridiculous, whatever. Which I remember in, I think, the Jim Dale audiobook, it's pronounced ridiculous and i hate oh, it <laughs> i hate that <laughs> and like this that. is this is also where we get the iconic line in the movie when everyone's he's like all right say it ridiculous and everyone's like ridiculous and then draco goes this class is ridiculous well i thought that was like the funniest fucking joke when i was eight years yeah. old this for the first time i was like oh my god it's like the it's word wordplay <laughs> That's really good. That's a good one. And I caught that because I'm eight. You know what? It is a good joke. <laughs> it's a pretty good joke. So are like Boggart's kind of like the wizarding explanation of 
because it says things like Bogart's like dark enclosed spaces, wardrobes, the gap beneath beds, cupboard mm-hmm. under sinks. Is this supposed to be like the wizard equivalent of like the monster under your bed? Like that's, that's what, what I ex- was thinking. That's yeah. it, what it's explaining. Yeah, yeah. Because it reminds me sure. of it reminds me of like. Um, did you guys ever see Cabin in the Woods or know what that yeah. movie is? No, I haven't. Oh, eh. never mind. It's a big spoiler. I'm not going to say it. But. Yeah, that is a big spoiler. <laughs> I think I know what it's about and what um, how it ends anyway. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty. It's basically it's a good watch. Oh, sorry. No, that's all. This is my plug. Oh yeah, it's just like it basically kind of in a weird meta way explains like every horror movie that's ever occurred was because of this secret organization that's in Cabin in the Woods, and this is what I kind of like that there's like it's kind of myth meets reality sort of i don't know mm-hmm. i just thought it was something i didn't really get the first time i thought it was just yeah. like a, a quirky monster but it seems like, like they were specifically saying under beds and in closets and that's where yeah. everyone looks so it's kind of neat yeah. i wonder if like they like go into the muggle world sometimes and like just mm-hmm. scare kids randomly and and then they collect their laughs and put them in canisters <laughs> to use yeah. for energy oh God, wait monsters you such a good movie <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's what i was referencing yeah i was okay just i didn't get it off the top of my head yeah <laughs> wow, what kind- a cool concept <laughs> were you guys like scared kids like did you get scared of stuff i thought that the grinch lived in my <laughs> closet when i was a child um that's cute <laughs> and i was scared yeah wait jim carrey's yeah, the grinch while. or like the animated no like the grinch. animated one yeah because oh, the jim carrey grinch is pretty pretty horrifying <laughs> if i was in your closet <laughs> so i think this was, this was like when i was really little i don't even think the jim carrey grinch had come out yet but yeah, mm-hmm. I was afraid of the Grinch. It was probably because I-, I can guarantee it stemmed from one of my older siblings being like, the Grinch is going to come get you tonight. And then I um, just stayed traumatized Ugh. for <laughs> several years oh after God. that. <laughs> I always thought there was a pack of like rabbit dogs living under my bed. Jesus. <laughs> you had to like run and jump. They're going to come and get me a pack of them under my bed. Childhood imagination is a bitch to live with. Yeah, I definitely like... Uh, we didn't have air conditioning when I was a kid, but, like, even in, like, summer, like, I always had to be under the covers. Like, I couldn't be Oh, out, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm an adult and I still feel you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm still that way. I, I'm still totally A that demon's going to come and snatch your ankle <laughs> if it's if it's sticking out from under your blanket. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. I'm still kind of, like, a scared adult. Like, if I, like, so when Sean is out of town, I'm, like... This house is terrifying. <laughs> the amount of times that I... So this this is going to sound really like sad or whatever, but my dream is to eventually be in a financial situation where I can have my own apartment, my own, just me, no roommates, whatever. However, however, however. Uh, I live with nurses and a lot of times they will be out on night shift. And the amount of times that like <laughs> I'll be by myself at night and I'll hear a noise and I'll be like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then I'll be like, and I want to have my own place someday. I want to live by my myself what get a dog (laughs) get a dog to protect you but um most of the time my rationale and reasoning will come back to like well if there was a murderer in here he probably would have murdered me by now so yeah why would he be sneaking i'm fine yeah (laughs) i'm fine and then i go to bed so (laughs) so back to class back to class so lupin is like walking neville through it um like what are you most afraid of Neville's the most afraid of Snape. I get Frightens it. Frightens all. 
That's bad. That's bad. It's really That's a sad. bad teacher. It it's is really yeah. sad because he's scared of everything. Yeah. There's something to it though. I went to private school when I was a t- when I was like in my elementary and middle school years, and I was mm-hmm. like legitimately afraid of my teachers sometimes. Yeah. Like I didn't want to talk to Aww. them. Well, I feel like with Neville, it's like on another level because, you know, his family thought he was a squib for so long, and then uh. like. You have this teacher who constantly invalidates you and makes you feel terrible all the time. Yeah. So, it's total imposter syndrome. Looking for you to fail. Like, exactly. Hoping that you do fail. So I think that Snape just embodies that for Neville of like, he always, of like him just not feeling good enough. Yeah. It's just sad. That's the other thing though, is that all of these fears are very like literal physical fears mm-hmm. and like how like what would you do if someone had a fear of heights like what would the boggart turn like how does the yeah. boggart become like like what happens if you're fear if you're afraid of death what is, what <laughs> we talked about this on the scary potter episode about like the things i that think we did yeah because you, you're afraid of as adults it's like not as easy because i yeah. um i posed the question can a person's boggart be a boggart Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's, I don't like this explanation that Lupin gives to Harry in the movie about why his um, Boggart was a Dementor and his explanation was, oh, you fear uh, fear itself. And I'm like, no, if he feared fear itself, it would be a Boggart. Yeah, I think that a Dementor more represents like a void or yeah, like a and, vacuum. Yeah, because a like Dementor it's like a is, a, is a representation of depression, essentially. Yeah, because he could be, mm-hmm. yeah, because he's afraid of a losing. He's, so, he, he could be afra- potentially afraid of losing every happy memory he's ever had, which is, uh, that's a very adult fear. Yeah. Oof, that one hurt me. Uh, listeners, answer that question. Can a Boggart be a Boggart? Yeah, yeah tell us. Yeah. It's um the bogger is is the like wizard equivalent of uh, of Schrodinger's cat, you know? Is that is that yeah. that's the thing, right? Where mm-hmm. if yes. the cat is in the box, you don't know if it's alive or dead until you open yeah. it. I don't really get that and Sean and I have had a lot of talks about it and I I still don't get it. It makes me it makes me mad. Until you open the box, the cat is both alive and dead. And Sean's like, you can't understand quantum theory until you understand Schrodinger's cat. And I'm like, that really upsets me because I'm, I'm really done with the Schrodinger's cat thing, but I really want to understand, like, the basics of quantum theory. It's okay, guys. The cat's in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was perfect. So Neville successfully, he does it. Ooh, vivid language. I'm I'm describing it very well. The bugger comes out and it turns into Snape and Neville does the, the thing. Well, hang on. We forgot to mention that Lupin tells him to picture his grandmother's clothes. Mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then he says, I I much rather like this how they do how they do it in the movie where Lupin whispers it and it's a surprise oh, yeah. for the rest yeah. of the class yes. like what happens. It's mm-hmm. hard um, to do that I in a agree. book though. It's just so funny and such a fun a fun moment. <laughs> and just as a reminder, okay, so so Snape comes out well, he, like, transforms into, like, having the grandma's clothes. And, like, Harry met that grandma just, like, oh, like a couple of days before this. It's, like, Thursday, and he met that grandma on, like, Saturday. And so it's, like, probably fresh in his memory mm-hmm. how severe she is. What a wardrobe this woman has. <laughs> <laughs> it's wizard I, dramatic. 
always the same hat, a tall one with a stuffed vulture <laughs> on top, that and a long dress that. green normally. It goes with everything, okay? And sometimes <laughs> a fox fur scarf. Also, I like the details that Neville gives. He's like, oh, it's a fox fur scarf. Instead of just like, oh, it's a fur scarf, or even <laughs> yeah, just like a that's scarf. Cute that he, knows that. <laughs> he knows that's probably pretty important to his grandma. He's like, I really gotta get this right. <laughs> Okay, so then we just, like, go into the bog art montage with the fun swing music in the movie, and it's, like, everyone's in line, and it's, like, whoa, it's kind of, like, a fun house. Yeah, definitely, like, a carnival vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very fun. I love it a lot. It's fun. It's fun in the book, too. Mm -hmm. It's like it's got, like, sentence fragments, right? Like, you're, like, you do when you are trying to, like, um, do, like, an action scene, and it's, like, crack every time it changes form. It's fun. I have a question about, oh, it's Dean's fear, which is a severed hand. Right? <laughs> what? Like, I understand that being creepy, Ooh. but like, there's literally a character that's just a hand in the Adams family. Like, yeah. <laughs> why? Why is he afraid of just a severed hand? <laughs> Wait, okay, so, well, I'm sorry, Mary Clay, because this is a Game of Thrones reference, but Jamie Lannister, before he gets his hand, spoiler alert, <gasps> cut off. <laughs> that could have been his worst fear, is just, like, his hand his getting hand cut can, off. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, that's, what? that's where it goes abstract. It's like, what is happening to this, in this, you know, 12 or 13-year-old's life at this point where he's like, I'm afraid of getting my hand cut off? <laughs> There's also somebody's bogart is like a single bloody eyeball, and yeah. I'm like, that seems like a little specific. I don't know. What's up with that? Yeah. It, it was definitely JK Rowling trying to think of legitimately, Ooh, like, like legitimate fears that weren't like death. <laughs> yeah, they're very <laughs> heights. They're very childlike, they're very simple. I'm afraid of conflict. <laughs> yeah, com- <laughs> a commitment. Uh, yeah, commitment. <laughs> you know, like social situations and small talk. <laughs> small talk. Yeah. The notion of like the adult bogger is so funny yes. to me. You know what my adult bogger would be? Let's all answer this question. What is your like yeah. adult bogger? Mine is networking. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping we would talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay, adult bogarts are just like an improv team that are acting out scenarios demonstrating <laughs> your abstract fears. You know? <laughs> um, wait, I don't really know mine. I'm not. Somebody else go next. I mean, my, your adult bogart. My, I mean, I had like a a weird. I don't know if it's a rational fear or an irrational fear, but I had a very very strong fear of sharks when I was a kid. It yeah. all stemmed from just like my parents taking me to an aquarium. And I didn't like the when I when I was like three. So and I looked at it and I uh, like a hammerhead shark or something like that. And I just that shit's scary. Screamed my head off. I think that's valid. Yeah. <laughs> but like everyone I tell it to like laughs at me. They said, "What are you worried about?" They're like in a tank. They're behind glass. And I'm like, "No, it's scary." I get. I was it. like, "You don't know when that glass can just give out." And <laughs> that's like a that's like a legit a legitimate fear. Like my I have a I have an irrational fear of crows. 
I won't oh, get I into that. why, but like, you know, so like, I think that's fair. We all have like one thing, you know, at least that you're like, I, I, I'm, I was, before I got tested last week, I had an irrational panic attack inducing fear of the COVID test. <laughs> <laughs> Just a giant Q-tip. <laughs> Just getting, te- the act of getting tested, I was so worked up about and then it happened and it's fine. You know, obviously the anxiety was worse than the actual act, but like we all we all have those like irrational fears, mm-hmm. such as a bloody eyeball or a severed <laughs> <Yeah>. hand. <laughs> My adult blog art is having to grocery shop in a new grocery store where I'm not sure where stuff is. Oh my gosh. And I'm, uh, wait, I'm I'm not done yet. I'm a, <laughs> and I'm a little bit high and <laughs> and it's COVID and you can't fucking touch your talk anything or anybody um i feel like that's happened to me a lot this year or last year i feel like i can't answer this question because it's too dark (gasps) i'm serious i feel like it's gonna go too dark I have. A, I, I think we. All, I think we all also have very dark fears that yeah. none of us want to share publicly on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I feel like mine's pretty. It's pretty related. I think like my worst fear is just like losing people that I love. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. like I read totally. somewhere sometime that like <laughs> Molly Weasley's Bogart would be like. Oh. Her dead family members. That's what I was one. That's what I was thinking about when I was reading this chapter. That's an adult ass fear. That's yeah, really dark. That's, that yeah, that happens, happens in yes. um, Order or of the Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. It does happen. Yeah. Yes, very, It looks like her dead children's rough. foreshadowing. Yeah, she's afraid of losing everyone in the war. Yeah, and like ever since I read that, I've been like, oh my god, that's it. Yeah, that would be that would be like a rough bog art to endure. You know what I mean? Like, like a snake, you can just be like, kill it or like, whatever. Have you ever seen an eyeball? (laughs) Another like intangible is intangible a word? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Another intangible fear mm-hmm. would be like yes, loneliness. <laughs> How mm-hmm. does a bogger mm-hmm. be alone? Like <laughs> just leaves cra- you alone. Like everyone in the room just disappears. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, when you live with anxiety, it could be pretty. Like it could. It's like take your Anything? pick. What I'm, what, yeah, take your pick. What I'm afraid of, like losing everything I own, or it probably <laughs> changes day by day for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just depending so, on what they're like dwelling on. This was fun for us to dwell on. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so. Have, have any of you read Divergent? Yes. No. Okay, so you know how they have to go. Mm-hmm. So Tris isn't a normal girl. She's Divergent. But really Tris she's isn't a normal girl. <laughs> she's, she's dauntless. So she and her pals go through like fear landscapes. To, yeah, like, the da- so the dauntless fears. faction, in order for you to be like officially initiated, you have to, you go into this like mind, like VR world where <laughs> Christina's like, just covering her face. It's it's like quintessential 2012-2013 era um, dystopian like YA novels. Yeah. Like in the age of Hunger Games as well. So the heartthrob, people call him four, and it's because he only, he has, only has four, four fears. fears. And so in this VR... And one of them is losing her. And in <laughs> VR... That's not until later. In this VR, like, challenge thing that you have to pass in order to officially become dauntless. It's very metal. You uh, you have to... You go through, like, different challenges where you face your fears, and you have to, like, figure out how to... You have to figure out how to face them in a certain amount of time 
or else you lose or die. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I don't remember what the consequences are. It's not that high stakes. Yeah, I remember seeing the first movie with friends and we were driving home and we had like a similar conversation kind of like we were having about like, oh, what would your what would be in your fear dimension (laughs) or whatever? And I said crows, that scene where she gets attacked by all the birds. That is me. (laughs) It just makes me think of Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek. (laughs) 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 What was it? The crows have eyes put. (laughs) (laughs) So Ron goes up and does his. Yeah. The whole, yeah, Ron does his. It's a six foot tall spider. Six foot tall spider, which probably most people are like, what the fuck is this? I've never seen this before in my life. He's like, Harry and Ron are like, this thing? (laughs) Been there, done that. It's the ending to it. Oh my God. Okay, probably before they went into the Forbidden Forest, Ron's Bogart would have been a regular ass spider. And then he like learned it could be worse. It could be bigger. (laughs) (laughs) What if it turned into like a bunch of spiders though? (laughs) To me, that would be scarier. It's like spiders everywhere is way scarier than a spider. One spider, one giant spider I can keep my eyes on. Do you want like, do you want to fight like, okay, like a thousand spider sized Hagrids or one Hagrid sized spider? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a Hagrid sized, a spider sized Hagrid. Wait, (laughs) I'm going to get stuck in a loop. Just don't, just don't go there. You could pick them up and put them on a dresser. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I snorted. <laughs> um, sometimes I snort on purpose to impress people, but that one was organic. Everyone gets to go except for no- notably Harry and Hermione. Mm-hmm. So when it's Harry's turn, Lupin steps in and directs the Bogart at himself instead. We see what Lavender later calls a crystal ball, right? Mm-hmm. But like we know it's the moon. J.K. Rowling describes it as a silvery white orb. Yeah, and we all have divination on the brain, so being like that's a crystal ball, it like kind of tracks. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. But it, we know it's the moon, so like, why do you think Lupin would like kind of out himself in that way? It's like I'm afraid of the moon. I feel like that's a big clue. Well, I don't think necessarily that the because stu- clearly the students don't know exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. And also, I think being afraid of the moon could imply a number of things. Not like I'm afraid of of a, of being a werewolf and turning into I'm the werewolf. Of high tide. It could be that he's afraid of the dark, or he doesn't like nighttime. You know, yeah. that could be his greatest fear or something. Like, di- I think he's directed his fear at the moon intentionally. Ooh. <laughs> it's like yeah, the Simpsons thing, old man yells at cloud, but instead it's <laughs> old man yells at moon. <laughs> I think that's exactly uh, what he's done here. Did you, do you guys, uh, do any of you guys watch 30 Rock? No. Oh, darn. I'm there's trying to getting sorry. into it. Sorry. There's, there's a pretty funny scene with, yeah, do you know who Buzz Aldrin is? Oh, I'm, the, the, I'm showing my age. No. <laughs> no, but Buzz Aldrin is the oh, one who walked astronaut. on the moon, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. He's an I know that's, who that is. Actually, I, I was... He was a character on the show. Character, yeah, I was, I was going to make a joke <laughs> that maybe Lupin's fear is he's afraid of moon landing conspiracy theorists, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or the man on the moon. Like, it could be yeah. many things. Okay, well, then Lupin invites Neville to finish the Bogart off, and Neville does so on the first try with... Riotous laughter. It's so victorious. Um, yeah, the Bogart is dead, I guess. Vanquished. And the class applauds. Everyone's really pumped up. They're like, yeah, that was a great class. They're probably pretty hyper, like little middle schoolers running around the school. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's, um, 
It's so much more obvious in the movie that the reason class ends is because of Harry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like really obvious. It's like everything goes in a slow motion and like Lupin's like, what's happening? <laughs> and, and he, yeah, he sends the Boggart away only after Harry's Boggart comes. Cause that you actually do see that happen in the movie. Yeah. yeah that was, um, that was, I was surprised how different it was in the book. Yeah. I actually like it more in the movie. It's so, it's just so funny. Cause in the, in the movie, when they say, when he's like okay that's enough of class you hear the other people in the class go like aww and it's like way to go Harry you've ruined it for everyone <laughs> he, just, he just says like ah, I can't have too much fun <laughs> <laughs> so Lupin gives everyone in the class five points including Harry and Hermione he gives four. Neville ten gives Neville ten because well, he deserves so it nice. yeah. man he's just giving out points he's like I'm the coolest newest teacher you ever did see you get it he's Oprah you get a point you get a point <laughs> And then, but then Harry leaves that class feeling bummed because he's like, he must think I'm a little bitch. And I've been trying to tell everyone that I'm not a little bitch. I'm not afraid. (laughs) The amount of times that Harry basically says, I'm not a little bitch. I'm just laughing so much now because it's 100% that he's like, he's like, oh no, everyone's going to think I'm a little bitch. I'm not a little bitch. I'm a big bitch. Why would anyone believe me? These are the problems He's a teenager now. He lived by himself in Diagon Alley for uh, like three weeks. He is an adult. adult. (laughs) He manages his own finances. Um, He manages his own trust fund. Yeah, and so yeah, he's wondering yeah, so he's wondering why Lupin jumped in for him. And this is I I started talking about this earlier. Um yeah, so this is in the movie later on when they talk about like why Lupin jumped in. And Lupin says that he assumed that the Bogart would turn into Voldemort. I think it's also later in the book that he explains this to Harry, too, that he assumed it would turn into Voldemort. And he was like, I'm not about to have (laughs) Voldemort Voldemort, (laughs) in my like, like, do you see what happened to Hagrid when Draco got clawed by the got a scratch from the hippogriff? What's going to happen when Lord Voldemort appears in my first lesson ever? So it was mostly him just trying to like damage control for what he assumed it would turn into Voldemort. How okay, here's a question cuz I, I feel like it was a really missed opportunity. How would you make Voldemort comical in order to get the laughs? Like if it did if it did turn into I, something with his I nose. Think, something yeah. with, with his, his nose, nose right? Give him a nose cuz that's hilarious. Like he gets an elephant nose. If we're going off off like the movie Voldemort, it's like okay, just regular Voldemort appears and he's pretty scary. But then he lifts up his arms to do like a power spell, and you get to see his pasty white face, his, his sleeves <laughs> fall down, okay. and then also then have him like go around and like hug every student. Yeah, <laughs> or or um, that's what Draco's afraid of. Or yeah. someone mm. someone like goes over and, and plays the "I got your nose" game with him. <laughs> Oh, well, we're at the end of the chapter. Is there any any final well, thoughts anything? Well, hang on. And then Ron oh. Ron makes fun of Hermione and says, "What would your what would your Boggart have been? A piece of homework that only got a 9 out of 10, which is not mm. too far off from what we find out later is McGonagall failing her or something." <laughs> yeah, God. yeah. She has anxiety issues yeah. for sure. That's what that's what the embodiment of anxiety looks like for Hermione. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, great. Uh, that was a fun chapter. Yeah. It is a it fun chapter. Fun. 
And, like, I literally read it with the swing music in my head. I'm like, this is fun as shit. It's just, like, it's, like... It's like a little breath before the plot starts happening. It's mm-hmm. like, we're at school and things are different. Let's just, like, get a feel for it. And it's just, like, the first example of a solid defense against the dark arts lesson. Uh, right? yeah. It's like, They're this like, is what we could have had this oh, whole time. Oh, this is so fun. We're actually yeah. learning shit. This is what I kind of, I think it's one of the big reasons I like, or at least I like where things start to take off in Prisoner of Azkaban, because it kind of gives you a little more information about how spells work. I don't know if I maybe am misremembering the other two the other two books, but they don't give you a lot of they just like say the magic word and maybe a wand motion. This is this and also with the Patronus charm later, these are things you have to like have in your head while you're casting the spell. You know? Mm-hmm. I always kind of thought that was interesting because like 13-year-old me was just like curious about how like the magic quote unquote worked, you know? Yeah, I feel like this book is also where like the world building can really start like building like a three dimensional world. You know what I mean? I feel like we in this book finally have enough information to really like understand the space we're in and like yeah. Yeah. the social dynamic and everything. We can get into a lot more gray area, which mm-hmm. is definitely what Nuance. happens in this book of like serious black, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? And then, you know, getting into what how this book ends of like it's very bittersweet and it's the first experience kind of of like it's not all happy go lucky they didn't save the Mm -hmm. day like they did save the day but they saved just the day but everything else is still fucked but like there's still a lot that they couldn't do and that there's a lot that's out of their control and they're also finding out about how like the wizarding world is just vastly unfair in a lot of certain Mm -hmm. you know situations injustice yeah yeah Mm -hmm. cool well, are we ready to do some plugs? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your verbal response. <laughs> Grace, will you go first? Sure. It's always around this time where I realize how boring my life is right so thank you so much for that. I'm sorry I need to clarify that wasn't me responding like yeah your life <laughs> no, is boring fine. you're right <laughs> um, but today I'm going to like do two half plugs okay to make one full plug um, the half plug prince <laughs> I actually thought about that like <laughs> that's good that sounds like that's a- good like a, a butt plug joke is that what we're going to I'm going to stop saying the word plug now. Okay. <laughs> First half. There's a show on Netflix. I don't. It's kind of old, so maybe you guys have seen it, but it's called Magic for Humans. It's a magic hmm. show. <laughs> it's but it's uh-huh. not like it's not like. I mean, it's kind of dumb, but the guy is really charismatic and funny and whatever. So that's why it's, it's a half. It's a half one. And then my other half is, um, you know, I recently watched School of Rock again, and I just want everyone. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a great movie. So it's a great movie. Wow, P- what, people have been talking about it lately. That's so I weird. I just a few days ago. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just saying, like, if there are any like old movies from your childhood that you are- haven't thought about it in a while, and they come up, you should just watch it because it's a great time. Yeah. Don't do don't do that for the Power Rangers movie because oh, um man. that one that one didn't age well. <laughs> Wait, which Power Rangers movie? Because there's a lot and I've seen all of them. The first one, the Mighty Morphin or what? whatever. The one with Ivan Ooze. No, it's, that like, movie is precious to me. <laughs> it was precious to me too, like 20, 35 years ago. But leap to our doom. <laughs> 
Mary Clay, will you go next? Yeah. Uh, you can listen to my podcast. That's what I'm talking about every Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts. I'm still covering the movies. I'll be doing it for the rest of my life. Not really. Um, Are you sick of it yet? It actually, it actually is crazy because I am, I'm a bit ahead from like recording versus releasing episodes, which is always great. But I am getting to a point now where I'm almost done covering the movies and I'm feeling very sad about it. And even though like I still have The Hobbit to cover and there's still a lot of other things for me to cover. The Hobbit's magical. The Hobbit is so fuck, especially like after reading the trilogy, it's like The Hobbit. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be so delightful. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be very fun and delightful. Yeah, so go check that out. And then... Just spe- speaking of like kind of, I don't know, going off of Grace talking about, oh, if you have a childhood movie, you should watch it. Um, let's see. This episode comes out next week, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, last week, I guest hosted for Bacon and Eggs with Valerie Winters of Hello from Elsewhere, if you listen to that podcast. And we talked about Princess Diaries. And Princess Diaries is just so quality, and it holds up, and it's such a wonderful movie, so go check that out. I'm going to keep plugging things that I've been enjoying. Um, Everyone Under the Sun has been watching Bridgerton. I don't know if anyone has already plugged it for Restricted Section. No, and I haven't watched it either yet, but I want to. I haven't either. I'm telling y'all, it's, (laughs) it like, Pornhub should take notes. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's very spicy. It's a spicy Whoa. show. It's very good, and you're gonna That's watch. A great endorsement. Oh no, my mom. Ha- my mom has been telling me she's been yeah, liking that yeah. show. <laughs> That's what's uncomfortable. That's what's uncomfortable about it is that I really want to recommend it to like my family to be like, this is such a great show. You're gonna watch it all in one day, and it's gonna be great. It's basically like Downton Abbey meets Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. And then one more mm-hmm. one more recommendation is a book called Tweet Cute by Emma Lord. And Aww. it's just very wholesome and sweet. It's basically like you've got mail, but with teenagers and Twitter. And uh. it's just very cute. It's just, yeah, I just love it. I love a good, I love a good enemies to lovers trope. Oh, um, yeah. Um, which yeah. is definitely present in Bridgerton as well. So. Also very spicy. You gotta, mm. you gotta go check those, check those things out. <laughs> Jason, what do you have to plug? Um, I'm gonna plug two things: uh, a movie and a show. So the show I'm watching now, I just we we just started um, watching the third season last night because it just got added to Netflix, and it's Cobra Kai. Oh. I am a big fan of the original Karate Kid movie. It's just such a pure, wholesome movie. And um, what Cobra Kai does is it basically is like telling the story 30 years later about you know this these kids that had a feud in dueling karate classes and it sounds stupid and it's kind of stupid like to be worrying about karate in 2020 you know because it's it it was such like an 80s kind of thing but they get really into the nitty-gritty of like what causes bullying and because of the stereotypical 80s bully is just a bully for bully's sake. Like mm-hmm. there's no there's no backstory to him. You don't know what's going on in his life or anything like that. He's just mean for mean's sake. And that's what the Cobra Kai kids were in the original Karate Kid movie. And what this is doing is giving you a little context and kind of asking you to understand what's going on with bullies and their life and kind of trying to bridge the gap a little bit because they're all kind of like having these problems. And if they just stopped punching each other in these great karate fights, <laughs> it's pretty good. Like it's, it's kind of cheesy, but um, it's, it's like a good level of cheese. Hell yeah. And then the movie I want to plug because I've been kind of going backwards as far as um, 
is discovering movies. I'm not really getting into watching new movies because it's kind of hard to gauge what to watch because there's just so much. And there was this movie I found that's currently on HBO Max and it's called Time Bandits. Uh-huh. It's great if you're like me and you like and you love Monty Python, like Monty Python is like the gold standard of comedy. This is a movie that they made in the the early 80s, I believe. It's it's this great time traveling fantasy adventure. Cool. It's kind of like The Hobbit meets Bill and Ted, where this kid is sitting alone in his room and all of a sudden a bunch of dwarves just like fall out of his closet. <laughs> and then shenanigans happen from there. They have a time traveling scroll and they take him all around time to different shenanigans and stuff like that. And it all kind of has like that feeling of the silliness of Monty Python. Yeah. But, you know, you got you get to see like Greek times, you get to go to uh, Robin Hood times, you get to go to uh, Napoleon, who's played by Ian Holm, who's Bilbo. And he yes. keeps making short jokes the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and what's actually even cooler is that it has a big cast of little person actors. Like even one of them is Ken Baker, who is the original R2-D2, which oh, is cool. kind of funny. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know. It's just it's just a fun movie that I never knew existed, and I found it. and And it's got a star, a pretty star studded cast too. It has John Cleese and Sean Connery and uh-huh. Shelley Duvall and all, all that stuff. And it it's, sounds like a hidden gem. Yes, it's a it's a short watch too. It's only about an hour and a half. Oh, love it. To the, love to the see movie it. night crew list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. If you're into photography, I have a uh, Instagram page called Pictures of Jay. I, I take a lot of pictures around Richmond, Virginia, and. Um, I've been getting into photography for about three years now, exclusively working with film. If you can follow me at uh, Pictures of J, that's J A Y at Instagram, and you'll see a pretty picture every now and then. That's Hell all yeah. I can promise you. <laughs> I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at Yet Girl of the World, and you can follow me on Twitter at Christina Khan. And today I'm going to plug just this fucking fun video game I've been playing called Outer Worlds. Ooh, I've been wanting to play that. Yeah, it's just like a fun romp through space. You get to shoot some people in the face. Oh, Pretty right. Classic, that rhymed. Standard. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just good old fun. Um, so that's my recommendation. Cool. Jason, thank you so much for joining us for today's super fun chapter. Yes, thank you for having me on once again. I'm glad I'm not messing this up every time. <laughs> <laughs> You're crushing it. Awesome. Any last words? Anyone else? Nope. Nope. All right, until next time, get out of the wardrobe. There's a fucking bog art in there. That's like the whole point (laughs) of what we're doing here today. Bye. The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at restrictedsectionpod or shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. Murder! He's a murderer.